Welcome to my show, Confession of a Futurist with Sanjeev Goyal. Every Wednesday at 3.30 p.m. on Radio Zindagi, we invite mavericks, meta-entrepreneurs, and change agents to share their secret of the future. Our today's guest is a very special guest. He's founder of Nitya Capital. He started his investment career by acquiring a, a small four and a half million dollar multi-unit complex. Today, they have more than $2 billion worth of portfolio. Sapnil Agrawal immigrated to US with his parents when he was 15 years old. So before we bring him, I want to talk a little bit about the data. So as per Urban Institute and Harvard EDU, there are some very interesting data set we have around housing. We are expecting a major growth of 65 plus population. And that will create new demands for affordable housing. By 2035, the number of older households with the disability it will increase by 76% to reach 31.2 million. Let's talk to our next guest who has spent more time in real estate and he can help us decipher some of these things and how can we help the next generation. Sapnil, welcome to our show. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. It's an honor to be here at the show today. Thank you. So I have my first question. You know that you're prepared, right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Do you have a confession for our audience? Today is your chance. Uh, yes, I, I would say my confession while growing up was that I loved Bollywood movies and I hated to read. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I always have a special place for radios in my heart because you know, growing up, we didn't have TV for, I would say, the first eight years of my life. So, you know, listening to the, the cricket commentary and, you know, listening to songs. And when Chitrahar used to come every Wednesday and Friday. I mean, those oh, you remember special. that time? <laughs> yes, of course, you know. <laughs> so those were special times. And uh, I guess you can call it my confession. But it's a confession that I would say many of your viewers would probably share with me as well. <laughs> I'm sure. And we grew up watching black and white uh, Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. William Shatner. Yes. So, uh, Sapnal, post-COVID, we are still in COVID, our world is completely changed. And we are seeing this transformation. And before uh, our call, we briefly chat about how our world is going to be. So if I ask you for a prediction in next two years and next 20 years, what will be that? I would say because we went through this exercise of living through COVID times, uh, I'd say that the use of technology in our day-to-day -day life, whether it's in personal lives or whether it's in professional lives, I think that has expedited by at least five years in my mind, right? I think whatever we are doing today, like we're having a Zoom call or, you know, we're seeing people sell uh, digital arts by way of calling it NFTs for millions of dollars. I mean, really, at least personally, I would have never expected that to see that within a year. If you were you were to uh, have spoken last during last March in 2020, 
so i'd say that itself is going to give you a glimpse i would say next 2 years itself are going to be phenomenal whether you know now you have i can't even call you know count how many social media platforms you have right you have you know in the business world this invention of spacs where you have uh, which is the special purpose vehicle where people are basically raising hundreds and millions or billions of dollars for a company that's just in theory on paper and they have not made a single product have no profitability of course and you're saying millions and billions of dollars being raised for that now do you think if i had taken a business proposal to somebody last year and say hey i need to raise 500 million for this i don't have a product i don't have a prototype but give me 500 million i think we would all be like come on this guy's is lost it and now you're seeing that as a reality right then you have you know so many companies tech companies like airbnb i i would say that the way i can summarize the changes we will see is i think the companies the services companies whether it's you know whether it's for convenience like amazon or whether it's a social media platform i think most of the companies are going to put the clients or the the end user products convenience at the forefront and what i mean by that is you have you know you know we used to have usual cable tvs right like we we're talking about chitra used to come once or twice a week now you have you know when youtube came we thought it was going to change the world now you have you know the netflix came now netflix i would say had 10 plus competitors and disney plus and you know amazon prime it's so many of those platforms and now the content is being generated or being created to satisfy or keeping in mind that person's convenience so now no longer we are expected to sit in front of our tv at a certain time and watch certain shows we are we have literally everything at the palm of our hands people use iPhones and now even if you think about iPhones i mean let's step back right i mean iPhone is not is about 10 years old or it's maybe 10 to 11 years old and if you were to say tell somebody say in 2007 or 8 that hey you're going to have an instrument which is going to you're going to be able to take a picture listen to music watch videos make a phone call surf internet on one device you would probably laugh it off because you used to have blackberry at that time and even blackberry was a pretty big deal at that time and now it's a pretty common thing now you're talking about tesla coming up with autonomous driving where you don't even have to sit and drive the vehicle right that's going to really change how we think about our lives or convenience and how to be efficient uh i would say in next 2 years i think next 20 years you know if i take elon musk word i i bet we will all have a home in mars i am a big fan of the his work yes and uh, he is definitely um, a phenomenal person i really like him for one reason he could have he's one of the few and i call him meta entrepreneur yeah the reason is where you don't take no for an answer yeah and where you take the problems which are bigger than you which can't be solved even if you have billions of dollars with the money can be only solved with passion and conviction 100% and he has shown our world not just with the car even with the solar imagine what he has done in fact today i was told there are close to 30% energy is produced uh, through alternative sources and they are targeting even pgn is targeting 70% in next i believe 10 or 20 years yeah Uh, that's a game changer. And it's I mean, unbelievable, right? You know this Elon Musk is one of the founders people don't know as founders of PayPal. 
Yeah. And from that deal, he cashed out 180 million dollars, and he took every single penny of the money he made and put it in SpaceX and 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 uh, and, and Tesla. And he himself didn't have money to buy his own house. Yeah. Right? He rented a place. So yeah. that tells you the exact point. He's living his purpose is much bigger than what he's. uh what he you know people think their purpose is and again like i said that that's a phenomenal quality to have so next question i have for you sapnav is is the dream of sustainable housing real i you know i'm an engineer and to me everything about solving problems and i'm hearing this slogan for so long that we think in our lifetime we will see really truly sustainable housing I don't know Sanjeev if we will but that doesn't stop from people like me to keep trying and I'll tell you the reason why because you know when when we immigrated and just like all the immigrants most of them listening to the show when they came to this country you know for me personally 1996 you know I grew up in an affordable housing and what I mean by affordable housing is you know rent used to be $600 a month and I would say that the basic amenities were were completely lacking there was no security we used to have a break in very quite often in our house i heard uh, even your yeah. father was held on gunpoint yeah yeah we used to have a liquor store and and you know like any other businesses of that sort you know it was dangerous place to be in and now to your question you know what is a sustainable housing for me if i step back okay what do i define sustainable housing i think for me i want four walls where i can raise a family or if i'm alone single married without fear of of any security lapses a good community which has basic amenities like a swimming pool a fitness center uh and 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 you know essentially commodities and services that people would expect to have a home but they can't afford a home so they live and rent apartments and for me that means is so like for example what we did make to make our uh, apartment sustainable is through our karya cares uh, foundation where every senior of our community gets free meals during uh, throughout the year through our association with interfaith ministries then we are providing you know another big aspect that we will all agree on that america lacks is is their healthcare right i i don't know how many presidents have come and tried and it just doesn't seem to solve it for me as my part as my civic duty we started a free healthcare clinic where any houstonian can go there without insurance because let's face it 80% of our illnesses or sickness can be resolved just through advice and just talking through it because people think it's a much bigger problem it's really not as your fever cough and cold so we are doing that from our side we're giving free meals to every kid on our community we're implementing free english classes So for me it's a wholesome approach you have to take more than just the four walls that you call your apartment it's about the feel of a community where people are together you know I always give that example what I think about community is like when I was growing up in India in that little colony of ours in Agra where you know all the neighbors knew each other and they were with each other during you know times of tough times good times so I have that impression imprint in my mind where I want to see that again uh rather than and it's becoming more and more difficult for the reasons we discussed with technology and phones i mean we take our own kids i mean they're on their ipads and iphones every single minute of the day when they're not doing something else so how to imbibe that personal connection within people how to build that community relationship where people feel part that they belong here because look america is a country of immigrants right america is a country where everybody comes from leaving their countries and families 
behind, friends behind, and they're coming to this new country where they're largely unknown. And they have a lot of questions, basic questions. At least we are fortunate we speak English. There's people who can't speak English. There's so many refugees that live in our communities who we employ because they're legally out, allowed to work, but we have this, people have this uh, in their mind that, oh, I don't want to, you know, refugee with what kind of work. But these are great, hardworking people creating these communities. I think I would bring back those memories when I was growing up. And I would, I would say that I'm sure that you can relate to that as well. So, uh, Sapnil, I have a theory on that. And uh, I always talk about that being an engineer. To me, every single listener of our, and you and me, we are all engineers because we are solving problems. That's what we do every single day. So anybody who solves a problem is an engineer. I look at this problem a little more holistically, maybe because of my background in civil engineering and applied mechanics. I believe our current way of living is not sustainable. I believe this suburb concept, all this, I mean, even I live in a suburb here and I have a, not a huge house, but I have a pretty big house. And I personally feel that's not sustainable. I remember my trip to Hong Kong five or six years ago, and I was blown away that one city block has 10,000 apartments. Like 50, 60 story building. I lived in Hong Kong for seven years, by the way. So, yeah, so that's why I bring, brought it up. So, I become, I think I become really good in connecting the dots. And especially in this COVID time, I realize our biggest problem is we are so, especially in America, so our density is so low that it is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And we are putting more burden on the society and the earth. We are talking about adding 3 billion more people in the next 30 years. I don't believe our current infrastructure can handle that kind of burden unless we start building cities which are different. Is the model of Hong Kong completely sustainable? No. I do see some flaws, some problems here. Because when I talk about these things, we have to think completely new modern infrastructure. So one thought I have it is, can we build? Because in earlier time, all the cities were built next to a river or water because water was the most important thing. We get electricity with water too. So transportation of the cost of water and the electricity is so high that the proximity to these uh, infrastructure is very important for city to grow. But today, if we can build a whole city with zero waste mindset, to the extent that we have vertical farming built in. And it's, I know it's a dream right now, but if I look and if I think about 2050, and if the earth or human doesn't start building those kind of uh, uh, hyper-urbanized kind of infrastructure, we have serious problems. We are not supposed to waste even a drop of water. And I can't do that in a suburb. I can do it in a large community. I can't do it in a suburb because infrastructure cost is so high for just your house or my house. So yeah. point I'm trying to make it is we have to think it very differently. I think we are just putting the bandage to the system. Oh, we are using sustainable material. We are doing this, we are doing that. It's not enough. We need to think it very differently. We need to build new kind of cities somewhere in the desert now because all I need is sunlight. I yeah. put Tesla solar panels. I have electricity now. Yeah. 
what else i need water okay that we will figure it out and if i don't waste water my life is easy the yeah. problem is the waste yeah otherwise i can pretty much get the same water and i can continue to use it for ho- hopefully few times so yeah i think sanjeev yeah i would say that all of your points are 100% valid only thing i would say just to add to that uh, is ultimately i think capitalism is the single biggest tool that this mankind and that's why america is the greatest country that that we have ever created so everything you're saying i think leave it to capitalism it will take care of itself when you have the right profit and profitability being associated with each, each of these projects i think they will happen and we saw that if you go and we talk about smart cities uh, i we don't have enough time i know you and me can talk about smart cities for hours uh you go to south korea they took the marsh and converted into such a beautiful city where they have fiber in every single house even before we are talking about 1 gigabits connection we were just talking and they had it yeah it's completely connected city it's possible because of vertical living so it's it's beautiful someday i'm sure i'm thinking of writing a paper around it because i think somebody has to take I would say that even more than Hong Kong I would say Singapore is probably a better example for that. I lived there for 3 years too. Yeah. <laughs> Then you can know. <laughs> so, uh for our listeners, every uh week I make a recommendation of a book instead of a book, I will recommend our listeners to watch a movie or documentary on Netflix called Cease Piracy. Please do share your comment. I want to know and do subscribe to my youtube channel if you like what you are listening today so next question for you is what is single most technology going to redefine our future i would say that autonomous driving i mean i would say most immediate which will be released very soon i think i mean that will redefine how we prioritize our time I mean all of a sudden you're traveling 3 4 hours between San Francisco to San Jose or from Houston to Dallas or driving to work you, I mean the life will change you don't have to sit behind the wheel you can maximize your time you can I mean there's this concept about ride share where you can essentially make money where you know you drive a car and you put it in a rental pool and I mean that blows my mind I think most immediate I would say that will really have a big impact on our lives and i can't even comment on stuff like nfts being sold for millions of dollars because i started thinking about maybe i should create some digital art and you know probably you know then doing property management of thousands of apartments and taking care of thousands of families is much easier way to do something you're a good looking guy who knows that maybe 25 million dollar who knows <laughs> no sobel that is so true nfg uh, bitcoin all of these things i mean it's a brilliant technology don't get me wrong i really love it but i have a feeling as a we have gone too much into money and we have lost the one most important thing is money should be the by product yes solving a business problem solving a real community problem society problem exactly what i'm finding it is people are so much after this money that's 100% 100%, 100%. i mean that's what uh this this writer says i forget his name is very famous guy uh, simon uh, simon senak yeah he says you know you create a business why when you're starting a business as an entrepreneur what is your purpose of doing so so like for example 
my purpose is to improve people's living conditions right i would say majority of the people when they start a business they're driven by how much money they can make profitability how much money you make will always come at the end right that's just a byproduct like you said you need to have a much bigger purpose or a better purpose of why you want to do certain thing and i think again capitalism solves solves that because people who start business for really a bigger purpose will end up being much more successful than than people who are just driven by money so uh sapnil we both talking about the same thing uh i have a question for you which is uh, important and i just got it from some customers uh, okay. some of our listeners what is one thing you will attribute your success to one thing just not giving up ever uh just yeah just no is never an answer i'm a solution driven person than a problem oriented guy so for me i look at yes in the moment when the problem i face i might be consumed by that problem and think this is it but then i have an ability and i was maybe born with it i don't know i can't take credit for it maybe i'm blessed with it by god is being able to step back and then how do i take that challenge as an opportunity to do better and and for me it's just about never giving up i mean till i'm alive till i have till i'm breathing it's just i will continue to strive and work hard and achieve what i want to achieve that's so true in fact uh, i have a friend uh, named rudy there was a movie after him rudy we might have watched yes it. yes yes so we always talk about it and he said the only thing worked in his favor this is i'm just an ordinary guy there are so many football players like me yeah. but i never quit absolutely and there is a hollywood movie after me which is a blockbuster <laughs> and a lot of players grew up watching it uh, so you are absolutely right yeah 100% it's like uh and i tell everybody in my team i said there's people who work much harder than i do there's people who are much more smarter than i am all i'm doing is renting places out for people to live it's not rocket science very simple business uh but you know as as we i think a little bit of it is all imbibed in our when we grow up and immigrate to america in a way right because that's where a training starts in our mind you just can't give up because if you give up this country is not for you especially when you're coming from from something like india you know in the 80s i don't know when you came but for me in the mid 90s no absolutely sapnal i came here in 1999 yeah. and uh, one suitcase and 500 dollars in my pocket so i'm yeah. so grateful that this country gave me so much so much opportunities absolutely uh any final parting thoughts for our audience <laughs> No, I mean, look, I uh first of all it was uh I wish the show was longer because I feel like we we haven't discussed everything. We're just maybe listeners are thinking this is too heavy of a show we're talking about a lot of philosophical things about but on the lighter side, you know, look, uh you know, life is about having fun, living each moment, living in the present. I think everyone knows that. And we all know that. It's just hard to execute and implement in our own individual lives. uh and you know radios and in your show uh provides a great outlet uh reading another thing which i'm trying to do more of which i have been guilty of not doing in the past so let's talk uh, offline about readings of now uh yes. i want to end the show now but sure. uh, thank you very much for your time i really enjoyed talking to you thank you